Hey, it's Ryan Doyle from TDR's Guaranteed Money. Ontario's new revenue and handle numbers are in for the very first time, and they're drumming up a lot of conversation. We break them all down. What do they mean and what will it mean going forward for the industry? That and more as Guaranteed Money gets rolling. And welcome to Guaranteed Money. We're going to take a look this week at the province of Ontario. A lot of conversation because in their most recent report, iGaming Ontario stated Ontario's online gambling platforms took in. You ready? You sitting down? You waiting for this one? $4.76 billion in total wagers over the first three months. That's excluding promotional wagers, so things like bonuses. Uh, that produced a total revenue of $162 million. Now, there were 492,000 active player accounts in Ontario. Of course, everything went live in the regulated market at the beginning of April of 2022. Here to discuss all of this, break it down, and look a little towards the future is Paul Burns, the president and CEO of the Canadian Gaming Association. Nice to have you, sir. Thanks for having me. Nice to be here. Uh, so let's break this number down. Uh, you know, you could look at the American markets. I'm not sure it's a fair comparison. I don't want to lead you anyway, but I think there's a lot of speculation that th this number should be concerning in some way. How do you view it? I don't view it as concerning at all. I view it as a beginning. Um, because of the way the model was developed, we're seeing a transition to market. We all have to remember Canadians and Ontarians have had unrestricted access to online sports betting and casino forever. Uh, so there are, um, and that's why the model was created to ease transition from gray market operators into a regulated market places to get them to join. And they're doing that in pretty good numbers. Uh, we've obviously seen, we've seen, we're now at 40 sites, um, more coming every day. Uh, up to between 60 and 70 applications in the system. Uh, so where are we? Well, it represented um, 17 sites, 12 operators joined on the first day. Uh, that grew by a few more about four, three, four weeks later. It grew by a few more three or four weeks later after that. Um, what we're missing are some of uh, the larger operators we know where they're in the market. Obviously, um, Bet365, which was a day one operator, you know, has been in the Canadian Ontario market um, for 15 plus years, as much as I can remember. Um, and I wouldn't doubt that maybe 50% of the sports betting is theirs, <laughs> to be honest, in this number, because everybody else, most of the others that started in that day, started uh, from zero customers and ultimately, and so are building their business. Um, but companies, you know, Betway wasn't here, PokerStars wasn't in, DraftKings wasn't here, or all of these, you know, large brands. So we're going to see, this is going to take two or three quarters to see the effect of the market. And that's why I don't be quick to judge. Um, it's the effect of this, or it's because of that, it's something else needs to change. Um, let's just see what the next quarter brings um, with all more operators in. The province of Ontario has now announced that the transition phase will end October thirty one. Uh, that's their proposed date. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's the date it becomes black and white, legally illegal. And so there's still uh, operators in the queue, um, significant ones that have been part of the Canadian marketplace. So it's it's hard. I saw someone put out a chart and said, this is what Pennsylvania did this quarter. This is what New Jersey did this quarter. And I'm like, well, what did they do the first quarter they were in business? And But the second part of this is um, we all understand that I call. I keep referring to Ontario and Canada as a semi-mature market. 
in the sense that we've Canadians, there's a lot who hardcore sports fans who found their sites to bet with and who have the relationships. Um, so it isn't a greenfield exercise from day right. one. It's I got to come in and, and, and attract new people to the betting marketplace uh, who may not have been sports bettors in the past. And there's lots of them. Believe me, I know lots of people who are now turning, you know, thinking sports betting is a pretty cool thing. And they're starting to do it uh, a lot, a lot more uh, than they were. And they weren't doing it uh, six months ago or a year ago. And so, you know, it's an evolution through this. And that's why I just say, I think once we get the major operators that have been in the marketplace, um, you know, Betway, Spin, when you look at Spin, the numbers that the Supergroup reports for Spin in North America, that's from Canada. The Spin product yeah. doesn't exist in the United States. Uh, so, you know, take that number and take, say, 40 to 50% of it may belong in Ontario. Okay, there's more to come. There's there's a lot more room here, uh, and there's numbers underlying all of this that, that weren't reflective. It also doesn't reflect the Will G's numbers, which obviously well, let's, there either. We'll, we'll get to that in a second, but I, I also want to ask you, you know, this report doesn't provide specifics regarding how much Ontario's revenues came from sports betting uh, versus online casinos. It also doesn't underline or underscore how much tax revenue was actually generated from the provincial government. Do you find that problematic that there isn't a better breakdown here? I think the breakdowns will get better in time. Okay. And that's the other side of this is that like putting out operator by operator performance may have been nice. But the fact of the matter is, is not everybody entered the first day. Not everybody was in the same time. Um, and there's more coming. I think over time, you'll probably see more data. My understanding is the market sort of Ontario had traditionally been by all in standard uh, 60, 40 casino sports. Um, my understanding is that's sticking true to form. Um, that, um, that, uh, obviously, um, the reports, the media said there's a 20% rev share. That means rough, rough, the Ontario government took in $32 million. Let's just say for that period. Um, I think that we've got, um, I think with time we'll see more. I think that's like, why it took so long is ultimately it's the first time Ontario has done it. Uh, Canadian jurisdictions aren't known for their transparency on releasing gaming data. So I take it that we were patient enough for the first. Now, I think the next subsequent ones will come in much quicker fashion than off the end of the quarter. Because it felt uh, like because, they were being wheeled out like a Dickens novel, like I'm standing on the dock waiting for it and it just never came. Yeah, well, exactly right. But as, as you know, when you looked at those reports, someone went $4 billion in spam. What does that mean? So you got to go explain all of this to your stakeholders inside of government um, and and understand and what that means and understand the province's share and explaining all of this. And we had an election that finished in June. A lot of people in government didn't work very much in July, getting a holiday and got back to work in August. And so once we got that back in and it became, you know, and the government's controlling their communications agenda as they do, um, I'm not going to release this until I want to. And so they subsequently got that done. And, and, it, and I always knew that this was, it was going to be the first one will be the hardest and it'll get easier from here. And, uh, cause even I go and said openly, they'll, you know, they may actually increase the reporting from quarterly to monthly if it makes right. sense. And if operators are important. So, uh, it's again, um, they're doing it their own way, their own pace. And 
I appreciate the transparency because we love to see OZ release their numbers for the quarter. That would be great, but it may not be till the annual report that's released sometime next fall that we find out what they did this year. Uh, you know, you mentioned the fact that we're a mature market. That also includes the loyalties you mentioned to companies that still fall in that gray market, other entities that fall into the black market, let's say. Uh, how do you think that factors into the numbers we've seen? Are we still seeing people cling to those loyalties and not perhaps experiment in the in the white regulated market? Well, I mean, I've seen some anecdotal research that shows that, yeah, people did, you know, so Bet Hero did some stuff and said that 51% of that better stayed in, in you know, with gray market operators. Well, there is some loyalty because they haven't been cut off yet or they haven't transitioned to the regulated marketplace. And so it depends on who those are. I, you know, when we look at um, some local brands, shall we say, that have, have had gained some notoriety here over time, Sports Interaction, uh, Bet99, um, who, who have been big advertisers uh, in the gray market in Canada for years, um, they're heading to market. Sports Interaction received their license in the last uh, week or so. Uh, Bet ninety nine, my understanding, it's it's imminent, and so mm-hmm. everybody's wanting to uh, be able to get in and get advertising again. So I think that 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 those loyalties that people may have stuck with those sites through this period, well, they're not reflected. Even the Poker Stars numbers aren't reflected. So you know, and, and they've had a really strong following in Canada for for decade or more. So. I just say to everybody, patience. Um, this is not surprising that this, the uh, because of the way the market opening was being uh, handled and transitioned, um, it wasn't going to be this grand um, day one. Uh, you know, everybody's in kind of exercise which we've seen in other markets to compare to, and so I, I wouldn't, I don't draw a comparison. I think in time, in Q, the less next two quarters, I think will give us a clear indication of where it's going. And I think that's the, you know, I go and EGCO as, as agencies are, are, are cognizant of that too. And they want to see, not everybody's willing to, um, they want to see data. They want to see market performance. Um, if they're going to make changes, if they're going to make tweaks to the system in any kind of way, uh, they want it more, they want to give it more time. When it comes to the OLG, let's have the have the conversation about it. Um, the rumor, the word on the street, the buzz out there is they're doing quite well. Um, any sense on how well? I mean, obviously, I'm not asking you to be a mind reader, but I'm sure you've heard the same buzz I have. Yes. I mean, obviously, they were a big advertiser in the quarter, too. Let's be honest. Uh, they always have been, um, especially through, te- through television, which is uh, their main part. They... You know, they introduced new products too. They brought Live Dealer in into their mm-hmm. into their mix for the first time. My understanding is that their casino product has done quite well for them um, in this period in terms of holding customer. Uh, clearly, I think a lot of their their early customer signups were probably through lottery, and and that's the saying on the easiest way to buy lottery tickets and buy them online. The pandemic drove a lot of that. They saw a huge uptick in accounts through at the beginning of the pandemic and through the pandemic when casino retailers, people weren't going shopping and doing those things. So what we've seen is that I think now, can they convert those to casino players? Can they convert those to sports bettors? Um, you know, I think that I think casino product is probably where they compete. Um, they have their live dealer. I think sports is nice, but I think there's, you know, they're going to have a tough, tough road to compete on sports going forward but doesn't mean that they've got a you know they've got a built-in customer base that's been playing 
uh, with them for years, and it's their challenge to hold on to it. And I understand they've seen a, a you know a, a good their improvements in their casino product have been uh, have paid off for them to a degree. Well, hopefully, we'd like to see what that is. Uh, but we're um, we're working on uh, on uh, seeing if the government will or AGC, OLG will take it upon themselves to let's say let's say where they are in the market. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, in April when the launch actually happened and companies did make their way in, advertising became one of the big conversations, one of the big topics. Um, I don't know if these numbers are going to cause a change of tact when it comes to advertising, but how do you see maybe that landscape changing over the next few months when it comes to drawing in customers for these companies? Well, I think, listen, obviously the fall sports season is exciting for everybody. And this, you know, there's World Cup coming. There's lots of great, great events uh, to build upon. Uh, I think it's, you know, I think getting the interest NFL is always is still is a big product in Canada. It's the biggest, it's what people want to bet on. Uh, so I think we'll see, uh, you know, some aggressive co- competition for customers is, is, you know, the industry notes that what is it? 2.6 is the kind of number that the, the accounts that people may have and they're looking for best product. I think we've seen research that shows that, uh, uh, Ontarians are looking for um, uh, that strong customer service and quick payouts, uh, loyalty of brand. So the brand name brands obviously have an advantage coming into this. Um, and we've seen that they're interested in the offers, obviously. And that's, uh, um, I know there were some small pieces that Ben Hero did that said, well, people were actually triggering better on smaller offers than the larger mm-hmm. offers. Okay. Um, you know, maybe that's true for some sites and not all, but you know what? I think um, uh, the challenge for everybody is to is growing the base of player, getting the sports fans that have that like sports and maybe bet a little bit to bet more often, and to understand you know how that can integrate into their enjoyment of the game and experience. I think that's where um, because of what there are is a lot of sports fans, and and uh, I think that's. I think there's still great potential and great upside in the marketplace. And people are talking about it more, talking about lines, understanding, educating themselves. Because uh, I don't want to make, while well, we've had this long history with with uh, offshore operators in Canada, uh, we equally got to help educate the public. Sure. And help them teach them and understand how to bet on sports. And I think that's going to be part of it too. Um, and that's what, make it simple and easy. Yeah, I, I mean, we make an effort to do that and, and you know, try to walk yeah. people through it as we do on, on Guaranteed Money. You know, you mentioned the NFL, and it, it brings me back to a conversation I had with Adam Greenblatt during the Canadian Gaming Summit back in June. I got the sense, and he, he used the term wait and see, that that's exactly what they were going to do as a company when it came to NFL, that they didn't know how big football was going to be in Canada. So they're kind of just taking a, a wait and see approach and then perhaps getting a little bit more ramped up when the numbers come in, in let's say, September, October. How big do you think it is? Because you mentioned the World Cup. So let's say that's football, but football, how big do you mm-hmm. think it could be? Because my sense is it's bigger than hockey in Canada. I may be oh, crazy, yeah. but everybody I talk to, are, they're basically salivating. They're waiting for this opportunity to sit down on a Sunday, place a couple bets and be able to kick back, relax and watch the games. Yeah, we did research three, four years ago uh, that showed that NFL was, was number one by a long shot. Um, and yeah, I'm a huge hockey fan, but uh, betting on hockey is it, it doesn't work for me. Uh, I think 
you know, live in game in play play. I think that works for hockey. I think that's where hockey will sell. I think that's because we got a, you know, you got a huge knowledgeable uh, base of customers. People played the game, understand it really well. Um, so a, a nice product there, I think, will will catch hold. Um, where, but NFL football has always been, and that's where. Um, you know, it's kind of been football, baseball, basketball, and then hockey and stuff fall in. Cause so, you know, I think it'd be interesting to reflect this summer, seeing the, the next quarter through the summer months in the Blue Jays, um, you know, they're competitive fighting for the playoff spot. Um, has that translated into some, some strong baseball betting? Um, and to see where that product really does fit in, into the Canadian mix, because, um, but NFL, um, Listen, it's, um, as you know, a bit tribal when you go across the country in the Canadians. So you got Southern Ontario and the Bills fans to BC and, and you know, Seahawks fans um, to the, you know, uh, Green Bay Packer fans, which are, well, everywhere. But it's, uh, and, uh, and there's still a lot of loyal um, Detroit Lion fans in the, in the London Windsor market in Southern Ontario. So you've got, those poor um, bastards. Yeah, you know, and but the NFL in Canada saw the you know huge ratings increases. Their product was awesome last year. Let's be honest; those playoff games were tremendous. So I think you're gonna, you know, that's um, it's it's a sport that people love to watch, and it's the weekend rituals. And so yeah, it's still it is king. It has been for a long time, and uh, I only think it's going to grow um, as we get into this fall. What are you hearing? You know, lastly, we'll talk about what you're hearing from your, your membership as we've now made our way into the basically into the fall. I mean, we're coming up on, on Labor Day weekend. Uh, what are you hearing from your membership when it comes to the status in Ontario? How are they feeling about the lay of the land and the climate? Are they OK with how things have gone and progressed so far since the spring? I think that there's there's a, you know, I think generally it's it's been positive uh, on, on a lot of fronts. There's a few things that that obviously that uh, Smaller issues we're working through with AGCO and IGO that are important to ensure the market succeeds and giving it some tools to make sure. And there may be some tweaks needed uh, as we go forward. But we're looking at and, and keeping that conversation going with the AGCO and IGO, understanding, um, giving people wide options on payment tools, um, making sure that there's room for affiliates in, in the system, uh, that they're an important part of this. Um, that is there ways we can, we can look at, uh, keeping the cost of compliance down for companies. Cause that's, those are, those are big issues. Um, those compliance costs can be big. We want to make sure that they're not, they don't get out of control and that, that you start to a little bit here, a little bit here, a little bit here, and you build the bricks up in the wall and all of a sudden the wall is pretty high and it gets, and everybody kind of looks and go, well, maybe should I be here or not? And, and that's what we want to avoid. And that's the conversation we've had before the market opened and we're continuing that conversation now um, because my mantra has always been about watching the cost of compliance for companies to them and saying that's going to be the measure of success as much as it is product performance and individual performance, that if the cost of compliance gets too high and, you know, we've got some things that are unique to this market that are challenging, um, you you know, it's in, in – listen, I give operators a lot of credit for – working through them in terms of, you know, fully KYCing a customer before they can open an account. Um, 
making sure that happens. Technology has been a wonderful thing in helping mm. do that. Yes, there's still friction in the system for some operators. Um, you know, making sure that customers can see bonuses and incentives. Okay, do we? How do we going to look at this going forward? And what's going to as the market matures? Because um, people are, you know, there's a lot of complaints. You see them. Uh, yep. Oh, there's too many TV ads. There's too many this. There's too much this. So I'm like, well, hang on a second. You know, you want a regulated marketplace. What goes with that is a privilege. They get to advertise. Uh, they get to promote their market. Uh, that's what goes with this. Okay. Um, that's, you know, uh, you know whether you know, people complained about too many beer ads or too many vodka commercials in the past. Well, maybe they did. But I think with time, I think people will just understand this is part of being able to offer a product in a regulated marketplace. The operators are doing a really good job. I mean, obviously, I've seen a lot of um, a lot of ads that include um, responsible gaming messages, learning how to use the tools on their apps for for player protection, controlling mm-hmm. play, and limiting spend. So the operators are doing their bit too on that front, and that's important. And I think that uh, they understand, and no one, you know, no one's they don't take the responsibility lightly. They're very invested in making sure that they have healthy relationships with their players. And so all of that we've seen. And so I think it's, um, I just say, everybody, let's just, you know, from, you know, the AGCO intimated that they may be, well, we're watching the advertising piece. Um, you know, we've seen countries, the flip of a pen can ban advertising. I just wanted to say, like, let's, let's, we'll see how this really performs. Let's walk this through and make sure, um, you know, that uh, don't rash. Don't act too rash. Don't act too, you know, without data, without information. Sure. Because I think the operators are doing a tremendous job uh, on that front. I think obviously television is expensive in Ontario. Let's be honest, and that's it's not going to be for everybody. So you know, we'll see. To we'll see TV ads for some. Obviously, there's league and sports sponsorships that have come, which is great. And uh, so I think everybody should just. Understand. I think the sports content inside the sports broadcasts. Uh, I think that's where the op- the the broadcasters know they have a responsibility to sure. and doing it respectfully and you know uh, with um, understanding the right messages that go with it and their responsibility. Because uh, you know, in early days, we said to them like, "Are you here for a good time or just you know, or a long time?" And everybody wants to be here for a long time in terms of being able to take advertising. So do it right and put the. You know, and put some measures of, of some boundaries on it, and I, they seem to be doing that. And I think everybody just needs to let it play out as the market unfolds. You mentioned bricks uh, earlier, building up the bricks. When is my butt going to be in a brick and mortar uh, sports book in this province? Is that going to happen soon? <laughs> it better. Um, <laughs> to, to say there are no retail sports books and casinos anywhere in this country. Massive failing on my part on the lottery corporation side. Sorry, they control the retail gaming in this in Ontario and in the rest of the country. Um, to understand that that is a especially coming out of COVID, for these companies were shut for many months or operating on ridiculously low um, capacity restrictions. Ontario casinos had fifty for months; they had only fifty people in the building. Um, they worked with that; that was fine. I mean, everybody ever did their bit. And everybody's understanding. But now, get off your butts and make sure that these guys get the tools. Because of what it is, it brings people into the building. Um, no one, no casino is going to make um, their fortune on sports betting customers in their building. But they're going to bring them in to create, watch sports, bet on sports, and then hopefully you know put some money into a slot machine or sit down at a table and play. 
And that's one of, it's an amenity of the business. So get them in the business. And it's been massively disappointing. And I, I, I'm getting more frustrated as we, we passed the year part of, um, from the enactment and no one can seem to think it's a priority. And I, for the casino operators, it is a priority and get on with it and move it quickly. Um, because, you know, I look at the communities of Windsor and Niagara Falls were huge mm-hmm. supporters of getting this done. Um, cause it took so long back when we started, we were just talking about putting sports books in casinos. No one was really talking much about online gaming at that point in time. That's how long it's been. Uh, and those communities stepped up and said, Hey, we want us, you know, it'll be a great amenity to bring people into our you know communities and our properties. And that's unfortunate. I, I find it, uh, it's, it's disappointing because understanding how the casinos can use it to help drive business, uh, drive people into their properties. It can't happen soon enough. And I, and I don't understand why it's taken so long. It's, it's been massively frustrating because really is, it's a tool to help drive people into, to gamble. And that's, that's what we've seen it in, in us jurisdictions where it's brought people back into property and some pro- jurisdictions that's changed some of the demographics of people that come to the property, which is hugely important. So it can't have, <laughs> it's, you can sense my frustration. I miss, like, Sorry, I didn't want to end on a, on a frustrating uh, note, but Paul, no, I, I think, no, you're, I think, listen, I think you're right on the button with it. I think you're absolutely right on the button with it. And we appreciate you taking the time today to talk a little bit about what's been going on in the province and across the country. Thank you for doing it today. Anytime. Happy to do it. Hey, thanks for watching. This is the part where we put you to work just a little bit. So like, subscribe, and of course, tap the bell to get alerts for when new content comes out. Leave a comment if you can. And if you really liked what you saw, share it on social media, won't you?